That was fun. That was fun. I didn't think about a burrito, a pig, a barbecue, a French fry. Didn't y'all think about that during all that? I didn't. Just me and the Lord getting along, getting our groove on for Jesus. So glad y'all joined us today. Love you, love you, love you. How many need some love this morning? Raise your hand if you need a little bit of love. Amen. Well, you got some love. I love you. And I'm telling you, one that loves you greater than I do. And something you need to be thankful for is that I can't live on the inside of you. You better be real thankful for that, all right? You know what it was like to be jacked up, ADD, ADHD, untreated. All right? So y'all pray for me. But I'm telling you, you got, you got a God who loves you. And I was sitting there thinking about our good, good Father and His love for us. And thinking about, man, like Jesus. Like, He demonstrated, He, he demonstrated His whole life selflessness. Selflessness. I mean, I even thought about it as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit. See, because I don't, here's, here's the deal. My best time of praise and my best moments of getting an, a, a true biblical encounter with God is the time that I don't try to bring that about myself. The Holy Spirit has to bring that about inside me, you see. I have to yield myself to the Holy Spirit, no matter the conditions, no matter the uh, devil getting in the screens and I'm all getting jacked up, right? And, and all those things, I, I just, you just got to sometimes say, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter, Lord. I just want to let the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit literally is the one in us. He is our choir leader. He is our choir master that works with inside of us who says, look, I, don't, I, I, wanna, I want to praise, I want to point you to, and I want to praise Jesus. I want to point you to, and I want to praise God the Father this morning. Now, would you get out of my way and let me do it in and through you? Would you just get out of my way? Would you just block everything out that you have on your plate, everything on your agenda, and would you let me just shake you a little bit for God's glory and work in and through you? It's a sweet place to be. It's a sweet place to be. It's a sweet truth to know that that's what God wants to do in us, do in you. And I am really, really stoked and pumped about this series that we're in, Internal Takeover. We're actually going to be, I mean, literally, this is what's so cool about this series when God gave me, uh, the title to this series, I didn't know that he was literally going to internally take us over. You know what I'm talking about? I planned on getting into what I'm getting into today two weeks ago and came up here. And if you were here two weeks ago, how many of you were here two weeks ago? All right. Some of you were here two weeks ago. Well, the Holy Spirit just came in here and showed up and showed out. And we said, okay, Lord, get us out of the way. And that, ne that needs to be, and it is the desire of my heart and my prayer every time that we're always yielded to the Holy Spirit. And he came in here and just settled in. And we were like, woo. Have your way, Lord, and people got over themselves, and people didn't worry about what was going on around them, and people didn't worry about where they were going today, and literally, when we do that, when we yield ourselves, okay, James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Well, God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, so that submission is a full submission. When we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, uh, then he will flee from us so we can have the encounter God wants us to have so that we can get the love that God wants us to have. The Spirit can minister to us. And so internal takeover, literally, the person inside of me. Now, I don't think we many times, I think we get caught up living our life and living for ourselves and, and looking out for good old number one, and we're taught that by everything around us. But I don't think we live uh, consciously with a mindset and the heart and the thought uh, and our, our alignment to, there's somebody living inside of me. There's somebody living inside of me who literally should have authority over me. He literally should have authority over me. So how do we live this life that God's called us to live, that Christ called us to when he said, follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me? 
How do we live that? I can tell you how we don't live it because I've, I've tried it. I mean, I've, done, I've made the mistake of doing it in ministry many times. We do not do that in our own strength. The Holy Spirit has to take us over. And we're not changed, as I shared with them in Growth Track this morning. See, here's what occultic religions are trying to do and teach people. Occultic religions will try to change you from the outside in. But Christianity and God, and, and God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit will change you from the inside out. You know what I'm talking about? And so the reason that my life gets jacked up sometimes is that I'm trying to do things from the outside in. I'm trying to live in a way that I'm like trying to do all this stuff and trying to get it accomplished and trying to make sure that I spend time with God and read my Bible and trying to make sure that I don't forget the reason Jesus left me here and trying to make sure that I don't get my priorities jacked out of line and put God on a shelf at any point in my life. And so I'm trying to do all that, but many times I'm trying to do it in my own power. And the Holy Spirit just says, uh, I'll do that for you. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I will take the pain out from it. I will make it easier for you if you would just yield your life to me. So when I yield to him, he just kind of... He will pave the way. He's the person inside of me. And the takeaway that we've been kind of trying to get drilled in, that the Spirit's moving us slow on, because I believe He's moving us slow for a reason, I'm grateful for it, is that life's greatest God lives on the inside. Life's greatest God lives on the inside. So when you look back at times in your life, and you're, if you're a believer and you're a follower, when your life's gotten off, um, off path from what God intended it, once you come to Christ, if there's been a part in your life where it got a little bit off path, how many of you like been a Christian, but your life got off path after you were a Christian? Anybody transparent enough like several of us? Boy, I know mine sure did. I know mine got off, and that's why I want you to know, you got a God that lives inside of you. Now, here's what concerns me. If you said yes to Jesus to follow Jesus, and then you took a path and got off path, and there was no God to bring you back on path, there was no person inside of you speaking to you to bring you back in path. You need to give your life to Jesus today as the Spirit draws you, okay? Because the proof, the greatest proof of you being a follower of Jesus Christ is like the real person on the inside of you that guides you. There's a real person on the inside of you that helps you. There's a real person on the inside of you that warns you, that cautions you. And so it's not real complicated. You just got to go back to those times. You got to go back to those times in your life to where when you were straying, what happened in that moment? As someone said in Growth Track this morning that they realized there was a time in their life that when, 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 when they missed one service, they missed one service, it become easier to miss a second service. It become easier to miss a third service. And you find yourself drifting. But yet there's a Holy Spirit who can't be settled with neglecting God. He can't be settled with violating Hebrews um, where it says, uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. In other words, come together for your own strength. Come together because you are my body. You are my church. You are the ecclesia, the called out ones. And so the Holy Spirit of God cannot be satisfied with sitting on a shelf. The Holy Spirit of God in you cannot be satisfied with playing second fiddle, with being second string, with being on the bench in your life. He's got to be right up there leading you to say, okay, God, what is it you want to do in my life, in and through me, for your sake, your kingdom? So life's greatest God lives on the inside, and we've got to let him have his way in his work. So I want you to see some truth. John 14, we're looking at John 14 um, today, and then we'll look a little bit at John 16. We may not get there today. If we do, we do. If we don't, then uh, we won't rush the Spirit, and we'll get into it uh, uh, in the following weeks to come. But I want you to see these truths. First of all, in John 14, if you'll turn there with me, uh, in the Word of God, and we'll have that on screen for you, but you might want to have the original just in case the screen goes bad again. Um, and ultimately, you want to hide it in your heart. 
uh, the, the Bible says, hide God's word in your heart so you may not sin against God. So memorize, meditate, and uh, it's one of the greatest things you can do um, in life is, is memorize God's scripture because it'll minister to your heart. And so we find ourselves in the beginning of this chapter, literally, I, I share this at every funeral service I, I do, uh, every funeral service I do. And by the way, not to scare you, but yours could be next, right? Um, I could be next. Uh, not to alarm you, we never know. Life's like a vapor, it appears for a little while. That's why it's so important that you don't do like so many do and say, ah, I think I'll let the Spirit become my guide next week after I get through doing this. Or I think I might give my heart to Jesus, but not today. Not today. I think I'll do it here. When the Bible says, not today's the day of salvation, you better, you better respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit drawing you to Him because God wants you to have this great guide. And so John chapter 14 we find ourselves, uh, the disciples find themselves sitting there. They've been with Jesus. Jesus is the man. He is the man. He is the God-man. He is the man who performed miracles that nobody else could do. He's the man that they, these people saw, the disciples saw, came alongside, walk on water, feed thousands and on two different accounts, 15,000, 20,000 people with just a little bit of food. He is the man who absolutely called dead people back to life. They had encountered this. They had seen this in this guy. And then he draws them together and he says, hey, I've been working with you. I've been training you. You're going to be world changers. You're going to change the world. And I don't want you to get discouraged because remember when they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, he did. Amen. Can anything good come out of Hayden? Well, yeah. If you let the Holy Spirit be the guide inside of you. Can anything good come out of Morris? Can anything good come out of Kimberly? Can anything good come out of Corner? You bet Hayden people better say amen. Yes, it can with Jesus. Amen. Can anything good come out of uh, Alabama, the University of Alabama? Yeah, yeah, it can. Anything good come out of all of them? Yes, it can. All right. So, um, but, uh, but the Holy Spirit can bring good out of anywhere, any situation, and I'll just say a prayer for my team. Lord, would you bring something good this year? It's been a while. All right, so anyway, I'll let y'all sort that and figure it out on your own. Uh, but the Holy Spirit can bring that about, but we've got to let him have his way. He is our guide, and so he tells the disciples, he says, hey, he knows this is about to wig them out, and he tells them, he tries to preface it, you know, and I can just see Peter over there going, What? I'm finally getting some of this stuff, and you're about to leave? Man, I'm finally getting it, you know, and, and, and you're about to leave? We were going to go with you. We were going to walk with you. Hey, we were going to be a part of the church and watch you do all the work. We were going we to be a part and like be these people, and, and we were going to sit back and, 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 and watch you perform your miracles. Watch you perform the work. And he said, no, you're, you're going to do greater works. You're going to do greater works. And they said, what? How does this happen? If you're leaving, how in the world does this happen? And this is where I'm telling you about the love that God ministered to me and even spoke to me a minute ago in his selflessness. See, it would have been very selfish for Jesus to stay in the flesh. It would have been very selfish for Jesus to stay in the flesh. And the reason being is because he would have violated his position and his role of what God had called him to do and what the Father wanted. See, sometimes it, it's very, and sometimes we do it. We, do, we become selfish and do not allow God to fulfill his purpose in our life as, as the purpose he's given us and the gift mix he's given us by not saying, God, I'm going to honor you with my life. I want to stay. I don't want to be pushed out of my comfort zone. I don't want to have to get up as early as I do on Sunday morning to get to your house to greet people who may not know you with a smile and serve them. I want to do what I want to do on Sunday morning. I want to do what I want to do in those times. And... And, and, and God says, no, no, that's, that's not how it works. That's not how the person inside of you, that's why the person inside of you, if you're a believer, grieves when you forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's why the person inside of you, if you truly have the Holy Spirit, he literally is grieved and hurt when you don't get up and spend time 
in the Word. And with the Father, he's grieved. He's pushed back. He's suppressed. He's pushed away. And he can't, he can't be who he wants to be inside of you. So no wonder it gets easier for people to drift because that still, small voice becomes uh, less and less heard as we drift from God, as we drift from his word. And so Jesus says, I'm going I'm I'm to leave, and I'm going to send you a helper. So that's the first truth I want you to see. Look at, look at uh, John chapter 14, after he tells him, don't get wigged out, I'm going to the Father, but I'm, he says, he says but I'm, and I'm coming back to get you, I'm preparing a place for you. Um, and he says, then in verse 15, he gives them this promise. Jesus has never broken a promise. Uh, and he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That's a good thing. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you. And look at this. And will be in you. That's the difference. In the Old Testament, he dwelled with them. He dwelled with them in a cloud. He dwelled with them in the presence of the tabernacle. In the New Testament, Jesus changed everything and literally said, I'm ascending. He's going to not just be with you or among you. He will be in you. There is a difference. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. There's that promise again reiterated. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Talking about life. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he loves me will be, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What he's saying here is, is my manifestation to you is not going to be me in the flesh. I'm going to manifest myself to you through the third person of the Trinity that's in the beauty of the deity of the Godhead. But he's saying, all this ties together. If you truly love me, then you'll have a desire to honor me. If you truly love me, you will, you will learn there will be fruit in your life and you will learn that when you pray, you don't just pray in your prayer life all the time being about what you need from me and what I can do from you. If you truly love me, you're going to start by just kind of doing a little dance with me, a holy dance as David did. If you truly love me, you're going to be brought into my presence and the Holy Spirit is going to, to find uh, common ground with you. And God's going to be honored and glorified through that common ground. If you truly love me, you're going to let me have my way in and through you. If you truly love me, you're going to slow down and be still and be reminded of who God is and what God wants to do in your life. You know, I'm so, I'm so encouraged this morning. You know, and it's crazy. There's never been a crazier time, I don't think, in history, uh, like where you got to stand up and encourage people, and people are so distracted, and people are so off aim, people are so off focus. And here's why I'm encouraged this morning. I'm encouraged because this truth never changed, and it's the greatest truth that I could give you guys this morning. There's a lot of other people who can stand up here and do a lot of better job, a lot better job of maybe giving it to you. But man, I come today and I'm like, man, God, you are the word. You have the words of life. Jesus, I literally hold you, the Lagos in my hand and I kiss you and I dine with you and I dance with you you know what I'm saying and I want my relationship with you to be sweeter I want it to be thicker I want it to be more pure with you and more real and more relational than anybody else in my life because you have the words of life Peter said to whom else should we go Jesus said you want to leave me you want to leave me you want to stop following me you want to stop you want to stop serving me you want to chase the, 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 uh, the, the gods and the idols of the world? You want to chase fame? You want to chase sex? You want to chase sports around? You, you want to chase the things of the world? Do you want to go to? And Peter said, to whom else shall we go? Lord, you have the words of life. You are the word of life. Why, why would we forsake? 
You, where, why would we go anywhere else, God? We're never happier, and, and the Spirit's never sweeter, and we're never more full of joy than when we're just dining with you and when we're fulfilling your purpose and the purpose you have for our life, God. It's never better. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants you to know through these truths today. And so I want you to see this, okay? The Holy Spirit is my personal helper. That's what verse 15 and 16 is saying. He is my personal helper. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And when we keep the commandments, literally, remember, this is not getting hung up on the law or the burden of the law. It's not getting hung up on that. It's not trying to live by the law. That's what people that are actually um, following the culture religions, they're trying to do good in their own power, and they're trying to keep the law. You can't do it. You cannot do it in your own power. Like if you tried to go this week and said, you know what, I'm going to try to prove this pastor wrong and the Bible wrong, and that I'm a good person, and I'm going to go all week long without committing one sin. Who thinks you could do it all week long? I dare you to raise your hand because you're sinning right now. You're lying, right? Lines of sin. You couldn't do it. Man, I'm telling you, you couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm like I can't, I don't, you don't even want to know how many times your pastors would sin if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. You don't even want to know. So I, I know what that battle's like. We all know what that battle's like. And so Jesus is saying, look, you have a helper. And this helper that's going to live inside of you is going to set you free. It's not going to be a have-to to not chase the gods of the world. It's not going to be a burden, you know what I'm saying, on you or a weight, or you feel like that you can't be happy because you're having to honor and serve God. He's saying you're going to be the happiest. He's saying rather than the outside world dictating and dominating you and you chasing them, God's going to do something in you to where they're going to be going, good God, I don't know what he's got, but I need a dose of it, amen? I need some of that. I want some of that. I don't have, I don't have that type of freedom. I, I don't have that type of relationship. I don't love my wife after 20 years the way that man's learning to love his wife in the Spirit. I don't respect and affirm my husband the way that lady's respecting and affirming her husband. There's something more to that. She can't do that in her home. No, she can't. She's got to have a helper. You've got to have a helper. And I'm telling you, calling God is my witness and the Holy Spirit inside of me, I've got a helper, amen? You got a helper this morning? You got a helper this morning? You glad you got a helper? <laughs> Woo! I got a helper. My wife's grateful I got a helper too, all right? She's like, change him, Lord, change him. So the Holy Spirit is my personal helper. That's what he's saying. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper, and he won't leave you. That's one of the beauties of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's attributes. We talk about God's attributes all the time. But one of the beauties of the Holy Spirit's attributes is that when God saves you and God transforms you and you devote your life to him and confess him as Lord, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God is the one who seals you as a believer. He seals you. You say, what do you mean he seals me? He puts a stamp on you that can't be erased. Amen. He puts a seal, he puts a stamp on you, man, that I'm telling you that even when you do like I did at 15 and you stray and you try the things of the world and you're, you're trying, you can't justify it, but you're trying to, you know, get through what you're going through and you, and you, and you allow negative influences around you to take you down roads and you're experimenting and you're trying these things and you're trying to find yourself and you think nobody understands where I'm at. He does. He's right there with you if you'll believe it. He understands it, but he doesn't like smoking. He doesn't, he doesn't like doing drugs. He doesn't like abuse. That's why he says, your body is the temple of the living God. Be careful what you do to the temple of the living God. 
This is, he goes on to say and warns anybody that would come against the body, all of us as a whole, the Lord's church, to bring harm to the Lord's church, to bring an ill word to the Lord's church, to bring ill motive to the Lord's church. He says there's going to be a great price to pay for those. He's serious about protecting the body. So he says, that's why he gives the qualifications that we went over last week to the elders. He says, you are to live like this. You are to be above reproach. You're not to become a drunk. You're to learn moderation. You're to learn control. You're to learn freedom. You're to learn to walk in the spirit of the living God and not be dominated. Not, not harm your temple, hurt your temple. And so we learn we have a personal helper, and that's a beauty. And he says, he will be with you forever. What does this mean? This means, first of all, the Holy Spirit is my counselor. He's my counselor. Everybody needs a counselor. And, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, and I, I am not a counselor. I, I've been able to help a lot of people with my pains, my past, my stories, God working in me. I've been able to help a lot of marriages, been able to speak a lot of truths into teenagers whose parents were prideful and selfish and, 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 and spoke poison into them because of their jacked-up issues. Been able to speak a lot of hope, a lot of encouragement in those people. And I'll tell people, and I'll try to encourage them, but when I'm encouraging them, I'm saying, let me tell you, let me tell you how, how God's encouraged me. Let me tell you, when I was 15, it was nobody else but the voice of the Holy Spirit when I was going down a path that I shouldn't have been going down when I was starting to uh, experiment with drugs and, I was, and my friends were starting to do things. Let me tell you who it was that warned me. Let me tell you who it was that ministered to me. Let me tell you who it was that counseled me. Let me tell you who it was that helped me. It was the Holy Spirit of the living God. Because he said, I don't do marijuana, and neither are you. He said, I don't mix pills and alcohol, and neither are you. He said, I don't join Christ to a harlot in any form of sex, premarital sex, and neither are you. That's what I'm calling you to. I said, whew, okay, Lord, I hear you, right? This isn't, the, this isn't the law that I feel bound to. This isn't like my parents' rules or standards or orders. You know what I'm saying? This is the Spirit of God inside of me. Thank you, God, I have a counselor. My counselor, he guides me for God's glory and for my own good. What would my life look like? If I were my only counselor, <laughs> what would your life look like if you were your only counselor? Ooh, it scares me to think about it. Scare, I'm, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be right here this morning. I'd probably be hung over. I'd probably be chasing the temporary pleasures of the world and sin. I'd probably have kids running around the world that I didn't even know I had. I'd probably have a jacked up marriage. I can, tell you, I can tell you all these things. I'm telling you, standing before you, I would be that man if it were not for the Spirit of God. And it scares me if you sit there and think you wouldn't be, that you don't need him, and that you have the power to not sin and hold your life together and, and, and your life not be rattled by Satan and the princes of, and the demons of hell, that you would think you would be that type of person, that there's some good in you, that you wouldn't do that. Because we're just all sinners saved by the grace of God. We need a helper. We've got a helper in Christ. So I, I know my, my, flesh, my, my flesh is bent towards sinning, and so is yours. That's why we need a helper and a counselor. There are many avenues that people seek out counseling, such as the counsel of the world, self-help, self-counsel. I put Siri. You ever went to Siri for counseling? Man, she'll take you down some bad roads, I'm telling you right now. That woman's crazy. She don't even know Jesus. She's made of silicon or something. If you ask her, I don't know what she's all made of. But anyway, just ask Siri, you know, about her spiritual beliefs, you know. I've tried and tried to witness to Siri and get her saved, and she can't save Siri, amen? 
She doesn't have a soul. She doesn't have a spirit. Be careful what you go to for Siri for help. Be careful who you go to. Listen, don't miss this. Be careful when you go to your outside friends who aren't walking with the Lord and controlled by the Spirit when you're struggling in your marriage for advice. Be careful. Because they'll give you the devil's advice, whether they realize it or not. Be careful when you're struggling. Be careful. You better make sure you go to your God. You better make sure you go to the Holy Spirit. You better make sure you don't go to false religion counsel. But you better make sure you go to the Holy Spirit because he's going to lead you and going to guide you. And you need to hear from him first. Here's what I want you to hear this morning, okay? Here's what I'm learning in my own personal life. Personal life. And God's placed some fine men around me. Some of you saw that last week. But, but God reveals and shows me more and more every day that the Holy Spirit better be the first person I'm going to and talking to to influence my life. He better be the first person you're going to. And he'll talk to you. He'll talk to you. But you know what? He can't tell you everything he wants to tell you when you won't slow down. He can't tell you everything he wants to tell you when you just rush through. We come in here sometimes. Churches come in on Sunday morning. They're so set on their agenda. They're so set on getting you in and out within an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like we're a car wash or something. You know what I'm saying? Get me in, get me out quick. Make sure I'm clean, you know, but I ain't going to do anything in the process. Just clean me, you know, when literally the inside needs clean. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get the outside of your car wash, you think, good God, if anybody gets on the inside in here, they might get carried away by a gopher. I see some of these kids shaking because they know how y'all are, parents. Y'all the ones need to pick that junk up out of the back seat that y'all junk in the back seat. So where's mine at? I got, they need to clean mine out today. The ox is in the ditch at the pastor's house. Get it cleaned on the Sabbath. All right, I don't care. All right, so, so we, we, we write, uh, but that's the way we treat ourselves sometimes, you know, is God just, just, just let me go through the wash, and everybody out there that I'm wanting to impress, they'll think I got a clean ride, but good God, don't let them on the inside, you know. And that's the way we treat our life. That's the way we treat our temple sometimes. And God says, no, I'm on the inside. You're piling all that junk on me. You're piling all those Oreo crumbs on me, all right, and you're going to eat all the cream out, you know what I'm saying? And that footprints are done in it. And a little dog duke you stepped on was in it. You know what I'm talking about? Quit piling that junk on me. Piling that stuff on me. I don't like it, the Holy Spirit says. And he'll lead us. He's our helper. He'll, he'll, he'll counsel us. Here's what else he'll do. He will guide us by convicting us. He will convict me. That is one of the, I'm telling you, that is one of the greatest proofs. If you're struggling with, your, if you're struggling with assurance, generally it's assurance about your salvation. And I've seen people, and it, it is normal to struggle with assurance, Okay. So it's more of an assurance issue than it really is a salvation issue, but some people struggle with assurance. And so if you struggle with assurance, you say, what is the one best way I can get over struggling with my assurance? Can you sin and not be convicted? You say, well, I get a little confused on conviction. Well, go back to the garden, go back to the garden. Adam and Eve sinned. Did they run to God or did they run from God? They ran from God. They were guilty, but not yet convicted. When your kid gets in trouble or somebody gets in trouble, or you get in trouble, the deal is, does somebody find you out and then you confess because you got no option? Or are you convicted by the Holy Spirit of God and you run to those sources you betrayed? You run to God Almighty and you say, God, I'm coming to you with this. See, if my children disobey me and they're caught and they're found out, it's a little different than if they disobeyed me and the Spirit convicts them and then rather than running and trying to hide or lie to me about it, they come to me and say, Dad, I just want you to know something. I haven't been able to sleep. Because I know this is one of the standards. I know this is one of the rules. And, and the Spirit's convicted me. And I bring this to you. It's a whole different scenario. It's a whole, it makes a whole different statement. So the Holy Spirit's conviction. Look at John 16, 7 through 8. John 16, 7 through 8 says this. 
It says that, um, but because I have said these things, Jesus says to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Look at verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in him. And he, and, and he literally goes on, and the rest of the Bible goes on to say that he will be your personal helper, counselor, guide that will convict you of sin when you sin. So he, he basically, when we say guide and counselor, that's how he guides me, by convicting me. By convicting me. And, and, and so I want to talk with you this morning. Like, as you look over your life, I've told you my story. Get your own story. What, what, what is the story for you? Even as Ricky's coming, the band's coming, I want you to get your own story, all right, in, our, in the remainder of our time together here. Get your own story in your life as a believer. Who in here, you've been a Christ follower over 10 years, raise your hand, over 10 years. I've been 36. Look at this, over 10 years, praise God, all right? So I promise you, if you've been a Christ follower for 10 years, you got some moments in your life where you got a little off track, right? You got some things off track. You had some people come in around your life that weren't good influences for you. All right? Who's been saved five years or less? Five years or less. Look at this. Get them up high, man. This is awesome. Look at this. Woo! Let the devil tell me. Raise them hands again. You've been saved five years or less. Look at this, man. This is why you get up here and lead every Sunday right here. Look at all these hands up. This is why you do it. This is why you, you, you storm the gates of hell. Five years or less. All this life being sprinkled in here. Kids being changed. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. We need to pray that some of these parents that are chasing the world realize what they may be giving up by teaching their kids to chase the things of the world and to neglect God in the process. Maybe their kids' eternity. Maybe their kids' eternity. Because the Spirit of God, I'm just going to call it like it is, the Spirit of God don't hover in places where God's not honored like He hovers in the church, like He lives inside of you. Because when lives are being changed, the Holy Spirit of God is not being quenched. And that's the power of this. But get your own story. Because here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, this is twofold this morning. This, this is how we're going to conclude this morning. And just praising the Spirit, man, for who He is. Many times He's the forgotten one. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. But in weeks come, many times He's the forgotten one, man. We don't really slow down and say, thank you, Holy Spirit. See, but I can thank you. I can thank him several ways. I can thank him, number one, that when I was six years of age, living in hell, not understanding the abuse that I was living in, I can thank him that he tugged upon my heart. See, as the Holy Spirit, let's praise him for his role and who he is. It's the Holy Spirit under God the Father's authority, under God the Son's authority being released to us, but it was the Holy Spirit who tapped on your heart and loved you to Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching my heart when I was six years old. So just wherever that is for you, thank you. Even if you don't know the exact age, but you know, hey, somewhere when I was a teenager, he touched my heart. He changed me. And I have certainty in that. Thank him. Our leaders last week just pinned out their testimony. They're before, they're how, they're after. Before I met Christ, this is who I was. This is how I was. Some of you teenagers say, well, well before I met Christ, uh, I never did some of the things that some of these other people did. Well, you were still a little stinking sinner, right? 
wanted to disobey mommy and daddy. Just like I was, mean, mean as a rattlesnake, as a six-year-old kid. And so you don't need to worry about being in the hell's angel and murdering three people to think you've got a testimony. you got the better testimony. Do they not have the better testimony when they had not done some of the jacked up stuff that maybe some of us have done? you got the stronger, better testimony. And so we thank the Holy Spirit for that. So as you bow your head and you close your eyes this morning, if you're a child of God in here, we're going we gonna to thank the Holy Spirit. <laughs> See, here's what I want everybody to understand. This service... As much as our heartbeat is to reach people in the highways and hedges and fill the empty blue seats up, this service is more for the Holy Spirit than it is even about that. This service is about bringing honor and glory to God and letting Him have His place in our lives, and then He'll take care of reaching our lost neighbors, and we'll be more focused and burdened on them. But we got to give thanks where thanks is due. So get that moment when He drew on you. You say, Pastor, I'm about to bust in here because I can't find a moment where I can say with certainty the Holy Spirit drew on my heart. I can't find a moment where I can say when I got off path that he convicted me. I can't find a moment when I would run to him, I've always run away from him. Well, guess what? Today that can change. Today that can absolutely change. And he's the change agent inside of you, drawing you to salvation. You say, Pastor, what must I do? To be saved. I'll tell you exactly what the blessed word of God says. Believe on the name of Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Like in other words, not just a mental belief, but everything inside of you, you turning. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says confessing. So just tell him right there where you're at. Say, God, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I confess my sins, Lord. Please come into my heart and life and save me and change me, God. God, I want to live for you. Holy Spirit, reign in me right now and be my personal guide and my personal helper. I will follow you all the days of my life, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give God praise for those that prayed that? Amen. They prayed it. Awesome. Now for the believers here, come on. We got some praise to give. We got some praise. Here's how I want to do it this morning, okay? Here's how I want to do it. Guys, I want you to give me a little bit of house lights back there. Give me a little bit of house lights in the body. If you've been saved for one year or less, I want you to stand up to your feet. You've been saved for one year or less. One year or less. Look at here. Woo! One year or less. Let's give God praise. All right? You've been saved three years or less. Three years or less. Stand to your feet. God saved you three years or less. Somebody say, honestly, look at this. All right? All right? Ten years. Ten years or less. We see you back there, man. Ten years or less. Stand to your feet. Look at this. Ten years or less. Through the mouth of babe. Through the mouth of babe. I, look, I see these standing right here. Hey, drop the music just a little bit, Brandon. Drop the music just a little bit. We want the spirit to be heard this morning. All right. I see some of these standing here. And as these guys stand here, there's faithful servants of God over there holding the next generation. Planting seed in the next generation. Watering the seed in the next generation. In the preschool ministry. In the kids ministry. You need to encourage them. You need to tell them what a difference they're making. You need to tell them what a difference they're making in your kids when you pick them up this morning. Because some of y'all still have them real little, and they don't know yet what it means to have a relationship with God. I want you to look right here. There's hope for your children. Amen? There's hope for your kids this morning. There's hope. You just keep them in the house of God, and you teach them the Word of God in the home. All right? All right, if you've been saved 20 years or more, I want you to stand to your feet. 20 years or more. Here's our old-timers right here with me. Right here. Look at this. Woo! Let the church be the church. Amen? 20 years or more, 
20 years or more. Hey, students, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? The devil's going to pull at you like everything to keep you from being in a place one day and standing and being in the house of God like these. He's going to try to keep you from it. But if you will look and see, these people, many of these people have said, God, I'm going to stick with you no matter what the world says. I'm gonna, we, our marriage is going to stay together, God. You own it. You ordained it. We're learning to make Christ the center of it. Satan, get your stinking dirty hands off of my marriage. Amen? And that's what some of these are saying by walking in God. Not, not excusing, not, 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 not doing anything, but saying, God, would you have your way in our heart and in our life? God, we'll pave the way. We'll pay a price. And I wish that sweet senior generation could be in here this morning because those whites and those gray-headed and those uh, bald-headed and all of them, amen, would stand in Jesus' name and we'd see faithful saints of God who are finishing strong, finishing strong, who love you, whose hearts are moved when they see you teenagers come in here and they see all you teenagers. They, they walk in here on a Wednesday night and see all you teenagers. They see all you young adults that aren't throwing in the towel because they know the battle. And all of that, all of that is a work of no man, but a work of the Holy Spirit. So everybody standing right now has been saved 20 years or longer. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory. Now let's all stand as a church. Let's worship. Let's praise the Holy Spirit. If you need salvation, if you receive salvation, come to this altar. Come over here. I'll be over here. If you need prayer about any issue, your marriage, anything, would you in Jesus' name let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do inside of you today? And I promise you, he'll do what's good for you.